Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Masahiro Sakurai's next game shouldn't be a game at all. It should be a vacation. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including GDC coming back in some form or another, and the Fantastic Four coming over to Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. And then on Thursday, in honor of Animal Crossing's New Horizons, we are going to be talking about our dream Nintendo vacations, or maybe there'll be a Nintendo Direct. We're going to make that call later in the week. Uh, But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, and I've got to be honest, like, I'm hoping and praying that there is a Nintendo Direct, but there may not be. There might not be. Um, so what, what are we basing our assumption that there may be a Nintendo Direct on? R- rumors. Ooh, yeah. Unsubstantiated rumors. Although, honestly, mm-hmm. maybe by the time this, um, rec- this episode is released, they'll be substantiated. There was an... Ar- I think why a lot of people have hope is that two weeks ago, there was an article mm-hmm. in VentureBeat where um, somebody, the author of it, whose name I don't know off the top of my head, said, okay, there's going to be a in- Indie World showcase last week, which there was, and Happened. then that there was going to be a Direct this week. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Well, and this is just the timeline that these things happen on, too, right? That, like, we will find out about something Tuesday morning, like, immediately after we put this episode out. <laughs> Uh, and so like if it happens, it happens. And also if it happens on Thursday, we may hold, uh, to post, uh, like a little bit later on, on Thursday. So you'll have more immediate reactions, um, to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into the, uh, the meat of the show, uh, we do have to address the Sonic Forces borrowing program. Of course, it is on hold, suspended until further notice, um, until such time as we feel good sending stuff out in the mail or going to the post office even. And dear listener, know how that, like, this should be a shining example of how honest we are with you because we could very easily just tell you that it was in the mail to somebody. You would oh, never yeah. know. I would never know. Yeah. Patrick could lie to me. That's true. And I would love it. I would relish the opportunity to lie to Mark. <laughs> um, but if you would like to get on the list to eventually someday borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, all you have to do is send us an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> and and give us your mailing address and uh you know then we send you my copy of sonic forces but again it'll be when the world is a little bit less like the world is right now i'm really hopeful that that worked i tried anticipating you and saying at gmail.com before you got there to to accommodate for lag that we don't understand so maybe yeah. Maybe it did. I don't know. And again, I will not edit it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to sync up our audio, you know, just uh, sort of at the beginning so that there's an obvious uh, I I, I speak, you respond, you speak, I respond. But as far as that specific uh, saying at gmail.com together, I will not touch. (laughs) We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. 
Uh, thank you to JP Lerner for real for the five-star review this past week on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate it. If you review us anywhere that you get the show, it helps us out tremendously. Yeah, and uh, also just we love it. Like in addition to, <laughs> in addition to it helping us, uh, it makes us feel good. It's so true. I mean, I'm checking multiple times a week to see if somebody did it so I could talk about them on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, coming up in April, we have uh, some fun stuff happening. We're going to be playing the Super NES Classics. Um, so starting on a- April 2nd, we're playing Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. And we would like to have your most memorable moments from that game. Uh, I, that could be from this time playing through. That could be from a previous time, uh, whatever. But get those to us uh, kind of soon because I'm sure we're going to be recording that uh, about a week from now. Um, and then the week after that, we're doing Super Metroid. And the week after that, we're doing um, Yoshi's Island. And the week after that, we are doing Star Fox. Um, but Mark, we got an email from uh, Martin uh, that I'd like to read. Um, Martin says, hey, guys, thank you for continuing the podcast during these depressing times. Your attitudes and style create smiles in the storm. Uh, Martin, you are welcome. It creates smiles for us, too, <laughs> that are badly needed, even for us. <laughs> Uh, Martin goes on to say, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the SNES Classic Showdown in April, or shows in April. He didn't say showdown. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I would love for you to discuss is how well these games would suit someone who has no nostalgia for them uh, and has uh, become used to games with 21st century quality of life improvements. I know that will be tough as your playthroughs will be burdened with tons of emotions, but I trust you, to, you two to try to step back and give an objective opinion. Thanks again for keeping the podcast going and helping the world through a tough time it really is appreciated martin uh mark what do you think can we give an objective assessment of the the games that we played when we were eight years old i think i think we can try if nothing else and then two i don't hate the idea of a showdown somehow i don't know exactly (laughs) what that means and i don't know if it's happening in april but that's not Mm. a terrible idea in and of itself to to pit Super Nintendo games against each other in some sort of yeah, battle royale. Yeah, some sort of mhm, exactly. Mm, I I I mean, I like it. I think that we've stumbled into a great idea uh just because I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, how the Declaration thank, of Independence was made. <laughs> All right. Well, th- thank you uh Martin for the for the email. Um Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. This should come as no surprise, but we have both been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, Mark, how how are you liking the game so far? Uh, so far, it's pretty much everything that I hoped it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it an, an awful lot. Uh, the other day, you came over to my island, uh, and I was almost like overcome with uh, joy from having like another person visit my space. Yeah, that part has been so much fun. Just like being able to go to other people's islands, leave them gifts. I mean, one thing that with, uh, you know, everything that's been going on that I have found is just like um, texting people more often or checking in on them and all that kind of stuff. And so sending people letters every day or like posting the encouraging messages on their town bulletin board and all that kind of stuff like has just been such like a rewarding and fun 
thing to be going to have like going on right now is just like another social touch point to hang out with people I like. Yeah, absolutely. And just like having a little bit that like tiny bit of structure around it where it's like, um, you know, you go to someone's island and like they're fishing and you're like, hey, I can fish with you. And it's just like, what? <laughs> Why does this feel so good? Why do I love this? Yeah. The other part of it that like I'm really enjoying just in general is how much it rewards you for being like patient because yes, you can, mm-hmm. you know, like time jump and do all that kind of stuff if you want to skip ahead quickly. But I, this time more than it has been in the past, I found myself able to just like do it in small bits. So it's like, okay, I'm going to like play for today, check in on everybody, maybe just, you know, like fish for a little bit, or I'm going to, uh, I have to make sure I water my flowers, then I'll gather some resources. But I have found it very relaxing to not try to like min max animal crossing. Yes. Because that feels such like a stressful way to experience that game. No kidding. Um, And like I see a lot of people like on uh, like on Twitter or uh, Facebook or whatever that are like sharing, uh, you know, images of like their house or their town or whatever. And, you know, there are clearly people who are I mean, like play games how you want to play games, I guess. Um, But, you know, there, there are definitely people who are like time traveling and or. Uh, spending like a ton of time uh, in the game, but it's it's nice to just sort of like take it at, at your own pace, like you're saying, um, and you know just sort of enjoy island life. Well, one of the things that I'm honestly worried about is like if I do try to do more every day, that I'm going to burn myself out. The way that yeah. um, you know this game is different from past games is before you could just time travel to you know December. And get the Christmas experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. This game, you're not going to be able to do that. So if I want to see what the holidays are like in Animal Crossing New Horizons, I'm going to have to actually, you know, play the game during the holiday season. And if I want to show myself in Hogwarts without everybody hating me, I'm going to have to be like maintaining those relationships the entire year. So it kind of like by out of necessity is something that I'm trying to treat as like, I just do a little bit at a time so it can sustain itself and I can experience all those other things instead of just kind of like getting sick of it like I have with some of the previous games because I was trying to do like so much all the time every day. Yeah. Um, it is funny though because like I, I will turn on the game uh, like with the express goal of like, okay, I'm just going to play for like half an hour. I'm just going to gather a few things and like say hi to everyone. Um, but then like, you know, I realized like, oh, you know, I'm just a few pieces of wood away from being able to like do this or, uh, you know, oh, the the people that I talked to on like the little deserted islands are now going to like come live on my island and I have to find places for their Like, I feel like there's always something dragging me back to like do more um, in ways that I don't like anticipate when I turn it on. Oh, 100 um, like percent. I mean, I feel I'm like finding the uh... game to be very. Yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like it's the um, it's like the Stardew Valley thing, where yeah, like yeah. the the checklist of things you need to do are seemingly very simple, but then you're always thinking of like, oh, I should just like gather like a little more materials, or oh, I forgot to like drop off this fossil, or you know, like, and all of that stuff, it just like adds up. So yeah, I'm always spending yeah. more time in there than I intended to. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, I, I have you convinced? your husband to play this with you no i haven't yet we haven't really 
I, it's so funny because even though, you know, we are both working from home and are just like hanging out here, we really haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. Um, but I'm excited <laughs> to introduce it to him. Uh, so I, I started I started Sarah uh, on, on the island. And first of all, let me just say that it is weird that her experience of the game isn't uh, like flying to an uncharted island and naming the island. Like, it's a bummer that she misses that. Because right? she's playing as a user on the Switch. You guys aren't playing like simultaneous co-op. Is that correct? Re- well, we, we have not yet. But I mean, you, I think... I guess if if you are playing like the simultaneous co-op that the uh the second player can just be randomly generated um actually I don't know if that's true uh, or if like it actually needs to be a like another person who lives on the island. So like yeah, she has her own profile and I could invite her to play while I'm playing. Um but if it were just like the two of us and she wasn't living on the island, I guess I don't know what it does then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, but like, it's, it's cool to have her tent on the island. Um, and it's also very satisfying to just like keep sending her stuff because <laughs> I'm obviously playing the game way more than she is. Uh-huh. So like, I feel, I feel a little bit bad about like strip mining all of the valuable resources out. Um, so I've been sending her a, a couple letters every day, like filled with fruit or like an ax she can't craft yet or whatever. <laughs> is she able to like actively contribute to like the museum or um, like is, uh, you know, when Timmy or Tommy are trying to build the store, can she contribute to like the resources necessary for that? Yeah, anyone can. So any of the up to eight people that you could have uh, living on that island could be contributing to those things. But if you go and like shake every tree... And then she gets into the game. Can she shake the tree and get like new stuff too, or is there a limited amount of resources on the island? Is that what you're saying? I think that I think there's a limited amount of resources on the island, but oh. I'm also not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, like I I have been intentionally leaving. Like there are still some weeds on my island, even though like my impulse was like remove all the weeds, Patrick. You can do it. <laughs> and I was like no, no 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 no. In in the early game, that's like a valuable thing to like collect and sell. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's, it creates a little bit of like a, a weird economy. Um, and then also just thinking about like, if, you know, I, I was encouraging her to start playing on like Saturday or Sunday or something like as, as, as early as possible. Right. Um, because like, if I get too far, like into the game, she's just going to come onto a fairly developed Island, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like I just wanted to have the ability to also experience some of the wilderness, um, you know, before I've got a, a million residents living there. Do you remember which, um, which island configuration did you choose? How are your rivers laid out? Uh, so my rivers are laid out so that like my main habitable area is the like bottom right corner. Um, and, uh, and I've got like a mountain in like the, uh, like back, the uh, up upper right. Oh, interesting. Is that uh, how 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 is yours situated? Uh, my mine, I kind of have like this like uh, island thing in the center of it where the two rivers are like crossing. Um, and because I I bought th- I I picked that one explicitly because I wanted to like put my house on that little island thing. 
but uh, you can't when you first start because you don't have a way to get across. That's right. So now I just have beachfront property. (laughs) Well, and that's great, too. And also, like, you can set up, like, a nice little outdoor space uh, anywhere you want on the island and just hang out there. Yeah, I'm basically, like, I haven't done a lot of crafting of furniture and that kind of stuff. So my house, I, I have upgraded once from the tent to the house, and it's like a dorm room. Like, it's very stark, mis- mismatched furniture. It's uh, it's a little bit of a mess, but it, it's just not where I've been putting uh-huh. my attention. Yeah, and I mean, I'm still sleeping on a cot. <laughs> yeah, know? me too, me too. I'm house poor <laughs> is what's happening. That- <laughs> but rich in neighbors, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, I still just have two. I still just have two. <laughs> um, I also still just have two, but I just uh, just set aside the space for three houses um from uh people that i have visited on uh like little deserted islands um but i only remember inviting two so like who's this third person <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but yeah. um on the subject of oh no go ahead oh no i was just going to say but yeah in general i'm really i'm really loving it uh on the subject of animal crossing uh we got an email from matthew he says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, for the purpose of this conversation, it'll, it'll be afternoon. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm a longtime follower of your show, and I love it. Your views and opinions on games and gaming are right in line with my own, and each episode adds bra- a brand of comedy that I can't get anywhere else on my commutes. I appreciate your show and just wanted to, let, or just wanted to say, keep up the excellent work. Um, for the real meat of my email... I haven't communicated with you much in the past, but I would find it very enjoyable to visit you from time to time in Animal Crossing if you happen to be online someday. Um, I believe that may require Nintendo friend codes, and if that is agreeable, I can definitely give uh, I can definitely give mine for yours. I believe this time of quarantine and social distancing, the more folks can string together uh, to virtually visit, the better. Um, again, thanks so much for the show, and I cannot wait for what is next. Um, so Matt, uh, we do have, uh, our friend codes in the description of every episode. Um, so, uh, you should friend both Mark and I, um, they are, uh, listed there. We love having more friends. Um, also I have decided that on Wednesday for the bulk of the day, uh, starting at like, I'm going to say 9 AM Pacific time, I'm going to open my Island. So if anyone wants to come and visit Ellers's Island, which is called Valhalla, um, you are welcome to come and visit. I'll be hanging out there all day. That's awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, one thing with this is like you should totally friend us on Switch. That makes it easy for us to open our island to anybody who is our friends on Switch, and then yes. you can kind of like come. You can uh, add us as best friends, and that just makes the whole thing easier. I think if you if we send um, dodo codes or whatever they're called, that it's like you aren't able to be best friends with people. It's much more specific. So yeah, I think adding us on Switch, anytime I'm playing the game, I'll try to open it up to friends um, is the easiest way because we would love for you to visit our island and we 100% want to visit your island for sure. Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely. It's uh, Mark visited my island. He brought me pears. I planted them. I now have pear trees growing. Like, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, should we get into the new releases? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
Uh, so after Animal Crossing, we're back to being a little bit of a, you know, not packed week. Um, on Thursday, March 26th, there's a 3DS eShop release, which is notable just for the what? fact that it's a 3DS eShop release. Um, Miles and Kilo, I think that's what it is. To me, in my head, Miles and Kylo sounds better, but like right. K-I-L-O, I guess I am assuming is like kilometers or something. I don't know. I think it's a that dog. That would make sense. Miles, yeah. Um, that's a... Uh, that- that's interesting that it's a game still coming to the 3DS eShop. And again, if we've mentioned it before that you are not able to buy anything on the 3DS eShop with your credit card, that is incorrect. <laughs> yeah. You can, in fact, <laughs> you can, in fact, buy anything you want using your credit card. I mean, we have 100% said that in the past, which is why we have to do this Mia Culpa um, every time. That's right. <laughs> and then on Friday, March 27th, on the Switch, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 is released, as well as Saint Row, Saints Row 4 Reelected, which is kind of like a remastered version of Saints Row 4 um, being ported to Switch. Um, are you uh, a fan of the Saints Row games I at all? I haven't. I've never played any of them. I mean, on like, uh, I know they're supposed to be kind of like a goofier Grand Theft Auto, which definitely sounds up my alley. Um, but I, I've never really experienced any of them. Um, and then I assume that One Piece, uh, Pirate Warriors 4, is that a, a, like, Dynasty Warriors-esque game, a Muso? Uh, I, I have no idea, but yeah, probably. I, I'm going to take an look, uneducated <laughs> guess and say yes. That is exactly yes. what it is. <laughs> I'm just going to, look, game publishers, if you put the word Warriors <laughs> in the title of your game, <laughs> you're making... A Muso game. I mean, not just I'm sorry. War- on top of being warriors, it's like warriors four. To me, that is a <laughs> very clear sign that we're talking about some sort of Muso game, some sort of licensed Muso As- game. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, especially attached to a- an anime property. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so those uh, those are the new releases. Uh, let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on this show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today I wanted to talk about trivia contests. Um. I, I believe one of the like uh so I, I, I was I was thinking of it because uh, my buddy Drew um just hosted like a, a trivia night on Facebook Live. Um so it had like the sort of same feel as a uh like pub trivia night. Um but obviously everyone is in their own homes and not like you know, at a bar. <laughs> and Drew is um, like and it was- totally into trivia, right? Yes, that's right. So at I, I think we've mentioned this uh, on, on the show before, but um, my, the school that I went to, Lawrence University, had a uh, long-running trivia contest that would happen once a year where it's like a whole weekend of um, questions. And they're all sort of like Google-proof questions um, because, like, you know, you're just answering them from your dorms. Like, you're just calling in and, like, uh, calling into the radio station and answering the questions. Uh, and so, like, you would have to 
it's always like you have to Google uh, like two separate pieces of information and then like synthesize them and then like Google something else to find like the actual answer. Um, and so he did that again here. And it was just a super fun, chill time. And Sarah and I totally won it. We're the best. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Are you generally pretty good at trivia? Um, I don't. N- not. Not always. Like, I, I feel like there are some rooms that I'm in or some like uh, some topics. Like there was there was one time in Chicago that we went to a lost trivia contest um, <laughs> and we got we got one question wrong out of 50. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we crushed it. That's how I, I, I love like pub trivia. I love the idea of it. I love participating in it, but I'm not very good at it. But yeah, when there are um, like categories that I excel at, you feel like a superhero. Like I was at one and one of the topic was like theme parks. They were asking for like the names of roller coasters and rides at like Disney theme parks. And I, you know, like it was just like, this was my moment. Yes. (laughs) What now uh, was this um, the... Because I, I feel like going to a, a trivia thing, a trivia night, was one of the first times that, like, you and I hung out socially. Oh, my gosh. You're totally right. From, like, an a improv class. Yeah, that's right. It was, like, right over there, right across the street from Sony. Yeah. Remember? Yes, I do. I 100% remember that. Um, um, the, one th- the one thing that was shady about that night is one of our teammates, Jake, um, uh, like, disappeared during the final question came back like this is the answer and wouldn't tell us why he knew it or where he got the information <laughs> do you remember this i do because we won <laughs> in heavy quotation so, marks yeah so if anyone wants to go back in time and relitigate a trivia contest in los angeles from like five years ago probably yeah. more than that probably more than that at this point um but that is one of the uh things that i i don't think i participated in enough um i'm talking like it's the end of the world and it'll never happen again um, <laughs> but uh it, it was very nice to uh do it like an online version of it oh i guess we'll we'll never know for sure how nice it was well exactly i was just about to expand on how nice it was <laughs> uh, we were accompanied today by the ebu your radio orchestra all right mark let's get into the news Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, has a new DLC coming out soon. The Fantastic Four Shadow of Doom DLC launches March 26th, which is this Thursday. Um, It's, of course, only available if you bought or if you buy the season pass. And uh, we learned this week that Celestial will be included as a boss, which means nothing to me. Do do you know who Celestial is? What that is, Patrick? I, I know Celestial as a type of being in the Marvel Universe. Like, Galactus is a Celestial. Um, so I imagine it's just going to be, like, an enormous, like, godlike character. Yeah, that's what it looks my like. I'm also wondering if, like, something got lost in translation. Do you know what I mean? Where, like, yeah. uh, it is a Celestial, and then that is getting uh, presented as, like, Celestial. So, yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but that that's cool. It's exciting to see that they're like still putting out. Uh, and I mean, we you know we we knew that this one was coming. Is this the last of the DLC packs, or is there one more? Yeah, I feel like there's one more, but I can't remember for sure. 
Um, this is a game that I didn't finish when it came out in July because I got sidetracked by like uh, Three Houses, which released one week after this did. But what I played with of it was super fun. And it's a great one that like um, it would be fun to just hang out one afternoon and like breeze through with you. Uh, yes, uh, someday when we are, uh, hanging out again, let's do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. There was also, like, a little bit of, uh, I guess, like, interesting stuff going on with, uh, new costumes that are going to be released. So we've talked about new costume DLC for this game in the past, and it's all been part of, like, free updates, and then only story content has been behind the, um, like, season pass paywall. But there's also going with this release, there's also going to be new costumes for Iceman, Cable, Jean Grey, and Gambit. And for whatever reason, th- these four are exclusive to the expansion pass. Mm, that's weird. Yeah, especially because they're not like fa- really Fantastic Four related. Yeah, it- it's just like curious. And as a consumer, like consumer facing, it- it's a decision that doesn't make any sense. Maybe it makes sense with like the licensing agreement that they have with Marvel or whatever, and they can only use certain characters for free, whatever. It's just the whole thing. It's just so weird. It's so bizarre that they would make that one exception. Um, did sorry, I was just reviewing uh, Iceman, Cable, Jean Grey, and Gambit. Um, so the the last uh, the last pack is uh, is X Men, right? The Rise of the Phoenix, or did that already come out? I honestly can't remember, but that sounds oh, right. Oh yeah, no, it already yeah. came out. It, it, already, <laughs> okay. it already came out. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Shadow of Doom is is the last one. Curse of the Vampire was the first one. Rise of the Phoenix is the second, and Shadow of Doom is is the third and final. Um, yeah, I wonder if uh, Marvel is just like, hey, push those X Men. We're pushing them in the comics, so like, push them everywhere else. Yeah, maybe. Although again, but weird if they're like, push them. But only if people bought the expansion pass. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> uh, Masahiro Sakurai published his 600th column in the Japanese magazine Famitsu this past week. Um, according to a translation of the column by website Nintendo Everything, Sakurai casually mentions in his conversation, um, quote, right now, all I can think about is producing DLC for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. After I finish that, though, it's a total blank slate. Okay. Now, hold on. Why is this guy, who is famously overworked, writing 600 columns <laughs> in Famitsu? I think that means that for like 600 weeks, he has been producing columns for Famitsu. I think he's just a workaholic. I think even if you tried to get him to stop, which I would love to, I would love for Masahiro Sakurai to just take a vacation. Yeah, just take a break, buddy. I think even if you tried to, he would turn it into work somehow. Like, he'd sneak his work phone, you know, into the uh, meditation retreat, and he'd be answering emails uh, while he's, like, quietly whimpering in pain because the carpal tunnel hurts so bad. And because people won't uh, stop requesting uh, Waluigi in Smash. (laughs) That's what's giving him carpal tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, somehow. That goes right to his wrists. (laughs) Uh, Also, in his previous column from the week before, he talked about how COVID-19 was affecting video game development. Uh, And as part of a broader point, just as like one illustration that he brought up, like one example, is he talked about how he was preparing a need to give a presentation to to a company 
about an upcoming Smash Brothers fighter, but that it wasn't possible to get all the key parties together. So that meeting has been postponed indefinitely. So, you know, that has the ripple effect of obviously development can't proceed. So, you know, like whatever the uh, internal timeline was for those sort of releases, it just keeps getting pushed got pushed back indefinitely and that's just like one small example of how this broader outbreak i'm sure is affecting you know gaming across the board yeah i I, yeah i mean i it's the sort of thing that makes me wonder um how many of the like uh anticipated releases from this year are going to come out when we think they're going to come out um and again this is maybe a a little bit of an outside nintendo conversation because we don't really have a an idea of what the rest of Nintendo's um, uh, year looks like, but you know something like uh, uh, the Last of Us Two or um, uh, like uh, uh, the Cyber Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, like um, all those games had you know release dates that were just recently like pushed back. Um, you know, in the case of Last of Us, like you know four or five months, and in the case of Cyberpunk, um, like six or seven months. Um, and I wonder if, uh, like, can they have people in the office to be finishing, you know, all this stuff up? Like, are, are these games going to ship when they think they were going to ship? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. Naughty Dog is based in Santa Monica, which is in California, which, mm-hmm. you know, right now, none of those people are supposed to be working in the office. Um, so, yeah, and just, you know, like... It has been a long time since we've had a Nintendo Direct, and maybe there is one happening this week. And maybe their plan was always to have one, you know, this late in the year and not have it earlier. But you do totally have to wonder, like, how much does all of this affect what people are, like, what release dates you can commit to or, like, release timeframes when there's just so much unknown right now? Yeah. Um. Also, uh, let, let's revisit this for a second that... uh. Uh, there is a character that they were working on, right? We're going to go into wild speculation here. A character <laughs> that they were working on, they had to get a uh, possible, to, it was not possible to get all the key parties together. So it's a character that requires multiple parties to get together. Uh, you know what that means, Mark? I'm going to make a wild guess. Okay, I'm going to say he's talking about Sora. He couldn't get <laughs> Square and Disney together. <laughs> I mean, it's either Sora or it's Gino, right? <laughs> oh, no, that's interesting. Um, uh, I mean, is Gino just a, a Square Enix character? Because it seems well, like they could do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. What the, I don't know what the rights of like uh, Mario RPG are. Yeah, yeah. But um, either way, I think it's either one of those two guesses, and couldn't be anything else. Or or James Bond. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, sorry. It could be. There's an outside chance it's James Bond. I will give you that. <laughs> um, so GameStop has announced it's temporarily closing all of its stores, also in response to COVID-19 and state directives, because after California announced a statewide closure of all non-essential retail stores last week, GameStop continued to operate um, and their explanation was that because it sold equipment that people needed to work from home, that it qualified as essential. Uh, so nice try, but, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a, a wild stretch. Yes. I understand <laughs> GameStop does have keyboards somewhere 
in that store. <laughs> right. <laughs> there, and you there can a mouse probably and a buy somewhere. a router or something like that. Um, but yeah. But that so is at, not what the GameStop sells. Come on. 100%. So after criticism, uh, the company has decided to close all of its stores to customers. You can still purchase games online and either have them shipped to you. Or if you want to pick them up, they're doing something that they're calling like curbside pickup. So basically, they'll you know put the game in a bag and see your car pull up and they'll like set it outside and then you can go like grab it without having to have any like person to person contact. Um, so let, let's actually drill into that for a second because I, you know that's something that I have seen like a, a number of comic book stores offering um, is is curb curbside pickup. Um, I have not ventured into any curbside. Uh, pickup transactions yet have you mark no i haven't i mean uh best buy is doing the same thing where you can still make purchases from best buy and pick them up in store but again like they will just either like bring it to your car or if you're having home delivery they'll deliver it to your door as close as they can but like they won't before they would like come in and they could you know like put the tv in your living room or something and they're not doing any of that anymore yeah, now they're just leaving it on the uh, the front curb and <laughs> ding dong ditching you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, well, that's uh, I'm 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 happy to that they have kind of you know relaxed the uh, it's it's obviously important that like businesses figure out a way to stay in business. Um, you know, especially because you know, uh, like we were just saying, where we are going to see more sort of constraints on the supply side. Um, you know, like we uh just announced today that uh and this is uh, on the subject of of comics, um that Diamond, the like national distributor, international distributor for um all weekly comics, has said uh you know publishers stop sending us um new comics after um April, um and that is having like a ripple effect out to all of the um publishers that would be putting these things out, and it also uh to all of these stores that are selling them that like uh and like every step in the supply chain has its own vulnerability um and uh so like as long as gamestop can safely service its clientele and uh you know protect its workers i'm I'm happy that they're finding a way to do that for as long as they can Mm -hmm. yeah completely um i guess in happier news so the 2020 Game Developers Conference was originally planned for to happen this week in San Francisco. Of course, it has been canceled. Um, at the time that it was canceled, the organizers said that they hoped to bring GDC back in some form later this year uh, during the summer. And last week, they announced first details of what that will look like. They're, mm. uh, they're calling it GDC Summer 2020. It's going to be a three-day event from August 4th through 6th. Um, the event will be, quote, a three-day celebration of the art, craft, and business of game development. They promise the, uh, basically, like, the same um, caliber of presentation and uh, panels that they have had in the past. It just sounds like, like the floor part of the convention is going to be a little bit more casual for lack of a better term um they talk about Hmm. you know like uh making an effort to 
make it easy for companies and people to get involved on short notice. Because, you know, for something like E3 or a GDC, if a company is planning on being there, they're, you know, it's something that they're probably working on most of the year leading up to that, like what, how they're going to present themselves at the show. And so to have this new format, you know, and trying to put it all together in such a short amount of time, it just feels like it's going to be a little less elaborate, a little more casual uh, than it has been in the past. That's interesting. Like make it a little bit more like plug and play and a little less like customizable that like, you know, one of the things that we expect, not at GDC, of course, but at like uh, uh, E3 is that like a big Nintendo booth that is uh, as much spectacle as it is like game demo. Um, and that this would be a little bit more like everyone just goes in and like, you know, like you say, without having to have like a ton of runway to figure out what you're doing, just sort of plug yourself in. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's exactly it. Although I, I do have to admit that like I like seeing this. It, it's reassuring to me somehow that uh, this is going to be on the books. And even though the event that, you know, was planned for March has now been canceled, that a lot of those same things are still going to be able to take place just like a little, a few months later. Uh, Or so we hope. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The PlayStation 4 title Dreams officially released last month. It's a content creation tool set slash game from Media Molecule that allows players to pretty much create anything they want. Um, We've seen recreations of other games being built in Dreams, including some using Nintendo IP. And uh, this past week, Nintendo started contacting Sony, requesting that the content that violates Nintendo copyright be taken down from Dreams. Um, Nintendo is historically pretty aggressive when it comes to content takedowns, uh, sometimes to the chagrin of the fan community. The do you remember AM2R the Metroid 2 fan remake that you bet I do w- yeah was like in the works for I'm sure a number of years and then was uh taken down from the internet shortly after its release yeah and then like within a year of it being taken down uh Nintendo released um Samus Returns yeah their own remake of Metroid 2 Mm-hmm. So like I I don't this is this is one of those where like uh I know that Nintendo is playing uh harder with their IP than like a lot of people do. There's there's obviously a ton of pirated intellectual property in Dreams, right? Like it's it's uh, almost certainly built on the backs of uh established intellectual property. Um and like like you can argue that like well no one's making any money off of it or it is like you know riffing on the idea so it's fair use um but like i i I don't know i feel like nintendo's within their right to be like hey you can't have a mario game in your in dreams right like um it it makes sense to me and i also see why people are are frustrated by it What, what what what's your take on this mark yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. Uh, the argument, you like the counter argument, fans are right, you know, like are upset because people are putting a lot of time and love into the things that they're creating. And you're right that a lot of times they're not charging for it. They're just doing it because they want to. Um, uh, and, you know, Nintendo takes it down and fans get upset about that. And I totally understand it. And then, you know, the counter argument to that is that you know, just as part of copyright law, if you aren't 
aggressive, being aggressive about your trademarks and copyrights, then it's easier for somebody to say that you don't actually value it because you know you're not you in the past you didn't aggressively defend it. So it's just one of those things where like you can't really there. I don't know if there ever is like a way to merge those two things. You know, they just are counter to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also like it's it's one of those things that's like it's just a known quantity. So like don't rip off Nintendo stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like um like you have you have to know that there is some it's just like Disney, right? Like uh don't put up a stage production of a Disney show um because it's going to draw the eye of an entity that is going to aggressively defend its intellectual property. Um, right. And maybe that's maybe that's a little bit like uh, blaming the little guy or uh, you know, corporate apologist e, but like it's just what we know about these entities. Um, so uh, Sarah and I were watching the the Simpsons tonight because it is a fine way for us to wind down when we're too freaked out about the world. Um, and we watched uh, the episode where Lisa is babysitting Bart. Um, like Lisa's become a babysitter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh homer and marge leave her at home to take care of bart and like uh lisa does a a bad job um because like bart just behaves the way bart does right like she should know how bart is going to behave is it right that he behaves that way probably not but the best way to manage bart is not going to be like tell him to wash his hands and come to dinner like the best way to manage bart is to like work with bart um, just like the best way to, uh, you know, engage with Nintendo's intellectual property is to go through official channels because they will make your night terrible if you try to uh, repurpose it for something else. It's just yeah. what we know about those companies. Yeah. Not not to dwell on this too much longer, just like uh, two things I thought of. One is that, you know, it's not like Doug Bowser is sitting, uh, you know, crawling through dreams and then sending emails to people. Most of the time, you know, they hire third-party companies who right. you know they they manage all like this copyright stuff and they're the ones who are sending the takedown requests um and then two i think like the fan argument there is a point to it where it's like yeah like you know some of the stuff that nintendo takes down like streams on youtube and all that kind of stuff like uh it doesn't really hurt nintendo to have that on there and maybe it even by taking that stuff down they are you know like kind of like stamping on their fan base a little bit Whereas somebody might find it and then, uh, you know, enjoy watching somebody's Let's Play and that turns them into a Nintendo fan. So, I, you know, I think those are all valid arguments. But again, like we've been saying, it's just yeah. really, there's no like real middle ground between the two um, arguments. It's, you know. Yeah. Um, in an interview with Fanbyte, Yacht Club Games founder Sean Valesco explained that having Shovel Knight as a playable character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was, quote, never really in the cards. Nintendo only ever contacted them about Shovel Knight being an assist trophy like he is in the game now, but that, you know, internally they had some fun thinking about what some of his moves might be, but it never really got any further than that. Um, do you think he's speaking in code when he says it was never really in the cards? Was <laughs> King Knight a playable character at some point? <laughs> Um, Nintendo announced that Octopath Traveler has sold over 2 million copies. The game, it kind of in celebration, the game is on sale for 50% off in Europe and North America through April 2nd. And that's a really good price for that game, 30 bucks. 
Yeah, yeah. A, uh, and uh, as, as we mentioned on a previous episode, it's a great game to play like a quarter of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, re- I mean, I felt anyways at that point. Uh, for, yeah, like I was like, okay, I get it. It was weird. It wasn't like a conscious decision. I just like drifted away from it. Like it had never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think, again, I think everyone did. Because yeah. like, it makes, it's, uh, th- there are obviously eight characters in the game. Um, and like, you have to like go through the first beats of all of their stories, just like one after another. And like after the fifth or sixth, you're like, okay, like I get it. I get how the first <laughs> chapter of these stories go. And then you still got to do two more. And then by the time you get to the second chapters, you're like, okay, I understand what these are after like three or four. And then you got to do the rest of them. Um, and like the recommended level cap or not the level cap, but like the rec- it'll it'll show you when you travel to like each town or each area what like your recommended level is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not like the game kind of presents, and I uh, it it looks like you get to choose, and you get to choose like what order you're tackling um the character stories in. But like, you know, I I wish that it was flexible enough that you could just be like, you know what, I'm not gonna go down uh the dancer's path at all. Like I'm just not gonna. I'll collect her at the beginning, but like I'm never gonna see that story through. Um, and it's just not that flexible. Like it kind of requires you to do everything. Hmm. Uh, finally, the Strong Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, is home to the World Video Game Hall of Fame, apparently since 2015. And the 12 finalists for 2020 have been for 2020 inductees have been announced, and they are uh, Bejeweled, Centipede, Frogger, Goldeneye 007, Guitar Hero, King's Quest, Minecraft, NBA Jam, Nokia Snake. Super Smash Brothers Melee, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, and Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Uh, so a lot of quality games on this list. Um, yeah, I first, love it. I, I, just... I have no idea who is nominating them. I have no idea who's voting on them. But uh, I, it's, it's, a, it's a great like grab bag of games. Um, do you have any idea how many uh, make it into the, the Hall of Fame? Or is it just... Oh. I looked it up earlier. Uh, mm. I can't find it right now, but I think there's like five a year or something like that. Um, so okay, let's let's use let's use that as uh, our standard. Five games, five games off of this list go into the the Hall of Fame. What would your five be? Okay. Um, for me personally, I think Guitar Hero's mm-hmm. got to be on there. Absolutely. Uh, I think Nokia Snake has to be on there. <laughs> I think Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego has to be on there. A um, must. Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego is a game type that I don't think has been uh, appropriately replicated in the modern game era. We yeah. have no modern equivalent of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, and it's a crime. I wonder, do you think they are still making it for like modern PCs? Because I used to get them out of like the Scholastic Book Order. Yeah, totally. And it would come with a uh, with an atlas. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Or an almanac, an almanac, an almanac. Not an atlas. <laughs> an atlas is a book of maps. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and then I kind of get a little fuzzy. Um, I actually don't think Goldeneye makes my list. Maybe NBA Jam, and uh, Bejeweled maybe. 
Uh, see, Bejeweled is like the one that like I understand, but I I would just like on my own personal list that I wouldn't. I think I think this is my list. I think my list is Guitar Hero, NBA Jam, uh, Nokia Snake, uh, Uncharted Two, and Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego. I mean, that's a solid list. Poor Super Smash Brothers Melee, but you know, like I mean, Ultimate exists now. It's also weird to like. Because Smash Smash Brothers is such a, like, it is a museum for video games. It's weird to put a museum inside a museum. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I have actually been to the uh, Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. From the pictures I saw online, it looks awesome. They, they also uh, have the w- Toy World Hall of Fame, too. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I think, th- I, so I don't believe that the Video Game Hall of Fame was there. Uh, when I was there, this is only since 2015, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I I I went uh, but before that, probably almost 10 years ago now. Um, and it was very nice. I remember playing with some Sesame Street puppets and making the Oscar the Grouch uh sing "I Love Trash." That's my my memory of the Rochester Museum of Play. Uh, That feels like a success. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things uh, now. Um, Also, just a quick reminder that uh, if there is a Nintendo Direct and it is happening on Thursday, uh, Thursday's episode will be a little bit later than usual, but otherwise look for us on Thursday morning. Um, You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Cart Society and also be our friends on Nintendo Switch. You can find our uh, friend codes in the description of the episode. Um, Olivia Duncan made our, lo- our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire. Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not Not all of them. them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? (gasps) I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.